I created Venus. I'm gonna be a Okay. Are well, you kicking it off? Welcome to It's Problematic with Scott. You don't like it? I really don't like the title. Okay, Bro, well, we you, can change it's it. It's your title. Right? I know I created it. Yeah, you it. can change it. I'm well, saying we like, can We can, we can come the, up with ideas. That's the brand, though. That's why, that's why I'm confused. That's the brand. Yeah, I might change the brand's the brand. name. Are you, do you have a logo? We well, can talk about this later. For the but. purpose of me introducing you and your guest. I guess we can go with It's Problematic. All listen right, to the well, producer, bro. <laughs> What'd you say? He needs to listen. You're the producer, right? Yeah, I'm listen the producer. To the producer. I knew that this is how it was going to go. Bro, I <laughs> this love was switching my dynamics. Hmm? The only request I have is you don't talk the way you... I want you to talk the way you do in person, <laughs> but I don't, want, I don't want to ask you a question and then you go like, bro. And then ten seconds later, I get the response. Bro, I, that's, that's the, literally how I. That's literally how I talk, though. What do you mean? That's how I talk. Okay, for dramatic effect. Bro, it's more entertaining, and the conversation is more interesting. All right, I won't do it. No, anyway, you know what? I'll try yourself, not to do just it. Do your Here's thing. Scott. Yeah. Um, I'm Abby, I guess, and not I guess I am. Yeah. And <laughs> today, Scott's guest is Earl Hopkins. The second best. Journalism Number student. one journalist in Southeast Ohio. I appreciate that. It's not proven yet, though. You do have a... Your uh, stories about the bars are pretty nice. I have 70 other articles that I have on my portfolio website that you need to tap into, bro. You haven't What's seen What's your portfolio website? website? Give yourself a shout-out. It's earlhopkins.com. Very simple. When I ask my dad, I tell him every time. I'm like, Dad, have you read my latest work? Said, what's the website called again? I'm like, bro, you literally named me after yourself. You should know the website. Bro. Have you like, have you checked out my website? Yes, I have. I don't like it. What's the what's the name of the website? It's like scottstaten.weebly.org.net. <laughs> That's just something. not true. Bro, it's something like that. <laughs> I don't like Earl Hop. Can you pull up Earl Hopkins like how? Bro, yeah, I, it's it's yeah. actually like solid, I feel like. That's just me. What solid do you use to build it? Uh, WordPress. But oh, I have a WordPress. You have a WordPress too. But in so when I was building my uh, fraternity's website, I was like, bro, Squarespace. I hated Squarespace when I first started it. But now, like now that I worked with it, it's a different layout though for a different reason. But I actually like Squarespace. How it looks. Yeah, I kind of want to make the switch because I use WordPress too. Mine's like mm -hmm. abbymarshall.com, so I paid for the domain. So it's just mm -hmm. the the matter of switching the domain. Because I have that. like yeah. I have like probably like two hundred fifty some stories that I would have oh, to like crazy. Yeah. transfer. That's a lot. That's a lot of stories. And that's Compared to a lot of work. No, I agree. That's, but that's, that's I'm, also, status right there. I'm also a different type of journalist though. What I'm, type of journalist? Abby, correct me if I'm wrong. You're more like hard news, like for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. Mm -hmm. Slowly I'm trying to get, eventually I'd like to do long form feature stories. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the hard news, it's like the instant adrenaline rush of it. I like it too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the multimedia is like appealing to me now too with like mm -hmm. podcasting and video and all that stuff. But yeah, mm -hmm. you like to do features. I'm a feature writer. So like I like for me personally, I like spending more time <clears throat> with the subject or, uh, you know, it's just like more fulfilling for me to be more in detail, more, I don't know. It's just I like agree. you and have it's more creative. Stressful. It's less stressful too. <laughs> like that's why I don't like. That's why when I'm, we can talk about this later, but when I'm going to New York to work for uh, Hemispheres and The National, like, they'll give me the leverage to actually have that type of time, like, with a story. So, yeah, that's why I, that's why I rock with it. Yeah. Nice. The website isn't, like, blow you away impressive. Bro, it doesn't have to I don't to like be. the color scheme on mine. I love black. Oh, what, the colors? What's yours? It's, like, blue, right? 
Here, let's you compare. Look, yeah. I, Scott, yeah. Scott, I I'm, not, I'm not willing to compare. I haven't, oh, you don't want to compare? You don't this, want was to? A, this was a freshman year website. That's pretty impressive for someone. I also made mine's my freshman year as well. You can see the difference. But you use Weebly. That's why. That's <laughs> no, I used uh, Wix. Wix. No, Wix oh, is notoriously Wix. bad, though. Like, yes. it is. You is should it switch really? over. Switch what's over a, what's to What's a good one? Do you Squarespace pay for Squarespace? or WordPress, huh? Do you pay for Squarespace? Um, I don't pay for it. My, I mean, my chapter pays for it. Do you pay for your domain name? Federal yeah, Hawkins I pay stuff? for it. Yeah, every, what is it, every month, every year? Something like that. Do you run the social media for your fraternity? So what I do is I do, like create our flyers, our promo materials, and then mo I control basically Instagram. Like anything we post on Instagram mainly has been by me. Yeah. It is, it, yeah. is it difficult containing Reggie? Because I know he, he thinks he's a graphic designer Listen. at heart. Listen, and so everything he's ever made has been the greatest thing ever. It's made. literally been so terrible. And like the fact that you and others have like actually given no, him I'm that. Saying he type thinks of it's the greatest no, thing. No, you ever just made. said it's the greatest I've no, ever no, seen. No, from his perspective. Oh, from his yeah, no, that's, that's why what I've been what he thinks him. when he makes it, he's like, This is this is the best thing I've ever made. Bro, so let me tell you a quick story. So I'm like as you know, I'm the president of Buzz of I, right? So I I really delegate tasks to certain people like any presidential person would or whatever, right? So I told O'Neal, because he was originally like our social media guy. He sucks. Like he doesn't, he only posts stuff that he wants to post on his time, right? Mm. I'm like, bro, if an event happens, being a news person, right? Being a journalist, you have to post it immediately. Otherwise, it's not worth posting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he'll post like weeks afterwards and stuff like that. So it just got annoying. So I appointed Reggie to be the social media guy because he loves social media. You know that. This man, he's just extra with it, all right? So, bro, I gave this man... I would say 48 hours to prove himself. He didn't have to do much. Could have did something simple. Was this the one, the flyer about the party where he put the, that the, was snow, terrible, the bro. snow falling? He worked on that for like four hours. His phone ran out of battery twice. The fact that you're doing it on your phone lets me know you shouldn't be doing it. Like if you're, if you're really like a creative, bro, you're not going to do something on your, like a flyer on your phone. So 48 hours, he kept using emojis. Like this, bro, this is a brand that we have. The Brothers of Fire is a brand, like it's a business. So like you can't be having like stupid stuff on there, like what personal stuff. What kinds of stuff. emojis? Just the worst, like the devil face with the, like oh, the, he does, like the, he does the cold one, one too. Oh, he the loves the cold photo, bro, we get it. We're ice cold brothers, like, but that's kind of not our brand. That's not, that's not the Brothers of Fire. If you were to look on the Brothers of Fire, I should pull it up right now as I speak. It's just not reflective and he didn't really know how to command it. So I, I just had to take it over. That's just that's just what it was. But yeah, it was pretty. It was a, it was a struggle, bro, for him. That one flyer kind of went well, though. Which one? Which one are you? I'm talking the one that he was so proud of that you. I remember him calling you and you roasting him in the moment. You know what I'm talking about? It was the one with the. It was literally for a party. Yeah. And it was your guys' uh, house. Or it was just like a generic house. It wasn't our house. Yeah. Yes. And, and it had like snowflakes falling down, and it was like kind of shifty. I might be completely fucked up. I feel up, like I know what you're talking about, but he's made three like that, though. So it's hard for me to really determine which one it was. But I think if it was the latest one, I think it was the Ice Storm. That was... It that was, was... That's that, what I'm trying to get yeah, at. The yeah, the Ice Storm. Ice Storm party. That was... Because it was literally an Ice Storm, I think. And that's why school was closed. That one wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad. Cause so like, what, are, what are the ones that you made? The ones I made... I, so I make more like event flyers. Like okay. promotional flyers, so like Miss Bronze and stuff. Like Miss Bronze, I made a Miss Bronze flyer. You made these? I did, yeah, I did that. Nice. Um, <clears throat> like just like simple stuff, like not simple stuff because it's really time. Oh, in the Alpha Week, so I do all the Alpha Week promo, like all five days. I designed that from pretty much scratch and everything. So, 
So yeah, nah. So how did uh, how the fraternity do this year? How did the, so fraternity we won of the year, huh? Yeah, bro. That's that's actually big. That's actually big. Abby, are you in a uh, Greek life? I don't. I am not. No, okay. and I don't really know much about it at all. Yeah, most people don't from the outside. Up until I got to college, I didn't know much about it, so it's understandable. But like out of the, because NPHC, which is basically the Black Greek uh, sororities and fraternities, there's only, I think there's only like six of us, like six orgs, and on, on average, probably all of us have probably like six, like. So I think it's around, it's somewhere around 50, 60 people. Compared to WPA, got like hundreds up to a thousand. Mm-hmm. IFC definitely got over a thousand. And they got like a way more organizations than us. And the fact that we won, like that was just big because we haven't done that in like a long time. Like, it's a completely different culture though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, to me, like I, I rushed for a fraternity in my freshman year. Or you did? I went to like kind of an informational for it but the it seemed like hey join this fraternity so you can invite people to our parties like there was not, <laughs> there was nothing going on outside of that yeah um and it seems like you guys have a bigger impact on the campus as a whole and mm-hmm. i think you got rewarded for that but you won some fucking leadership award last oh, yeah. semester i know oh you saw my last semester yeah you have like five yeah. minutes to hype yourself up take it there I, so last semester i was i had an opportunity to win outstanding chapter president so that was nice so that gave me and i was only president for like maybe a, a month and a half two months so i don't really know how i won it but i mean so i'll take it and then this past month i won um the scripts internship like fun when i was when uh, me and abby attended it for the Scripps Banquet, and then at the Leadership Gala, I won the diversity. Yeah, uh, I was not there. You weren't? <laughs> I was not. could have been there. I don't know why you weren't. You didn't apply, obviously. For like, what? For, like, awards. Like, you got to apply. Like, Is that true? Yes, application. Yeah, I applied to go to the White House Correspondence Center. Yeah, she dinner. won the White House Correspondence Center. I know, I've been tomorrow. hyping her up for a while. Whoa. Yeah. What? I'm hyped. That's, I'm hyped. That's crazy. I tried to get her uh, hooked up with our tailor. Yuka? Yeah, I was trying to get her to. With who? That's my shorty. Yeah, didn't what? you? Your so for your dress. Nah, you. Oh yeah, just... I went and she wasn't there. Bro, <laughs> what? She yeah. been out? And then I asked, I was like, "When is she here?" And they're like, "I don't know, just kind of whenever she wants." And I needed it, so. Oh, but that's honestly go true though. That. Like she really pull ups anytime she wants to. I know. I was stressed. Out. I was like, I'm gonna go because I take Scott's recommendations, especially for fashion and clothing, very seriously. I don't know why that is. So. Go ahead. <laughs> But I went. So I'm picking my dress up after this from a different place. So I'm like okay. praying that it's. Wait, so not. what place was this? I went to. Um, it was uh, UCM. No, I couldn't. I, she wasn't there. Oh. I went to Ambassador Laundries, I think. It's Jesus. on Mill. Is it on Mill or, yeah. or is it on Stimson? Maybe it's on it just Stimson. just sounds bad. Yeah. Ambassador. Well, not, it needed to be done. It was too tall for me. I'm too short for that Damn dress. It, Yuka. She I know. Just really let me down. Yeah, nah. So I went there before to just literally just to get my, uh, I think it was a suit jacket. I had just had to get the sleeve shortened or hemmed, I think it's technically mm-hmm. called. They, they were like, all right, so it's about $12. I was like, <laughs> bet. Like, that's that's pretty cheap. When can I get it done? Three weeks. No, I need it in tonight. So that's why I went to Yuka. Yeah. Like she, she gets it done like like that. Fast. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Would you buy a $75? suit and she charged you a hundred to get Taylor's and chill dude yeah so really? like Are you serious? nah it was it was reverse so like I bought <laughs> I bought still. like I mean around it was just a, a suit jacket for the Taylor nah the suit I think the suit was like 150 so like it fit it fit decent but like I'm real 
particular about how I like my stuff to fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, yo, Yuka, shorty, like, can you like tighten this up, shorten this up, get the pants right, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, no problem, whatever. Come back. Not uh, the accent. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. So anyway, she said 60 when I left. I was like, sheesh, bro, like that's a lot of bread. I came back. She said the order is done. This was like, bro, when I tell you she recreated my whole suit, like it was a totally different look. She I did, actually took grand photos in it. Huh? Yeah, but was that the outfit that you copied off of me? No, that's, what? Are you Ooh. serious? Ooh, this is, that's this is definitely Abby, literally. He, I Are you t- talking about when he was wearing that gray suit? No, so he wore a black suit jacket and then gray pants and then black loafers, right? Yes, I did see that, I it think. It was a look. It, it, it looked, looked This good. is why people yes. will take my fashion advice. No, they should take mine because you literally copied my entire outfit I had the day before. I literally wow, had the day before. Scott. He saw me as I was taking grab photos. I was like, I don't bro, have a photographic memory. Yes, you and you could. didn't look that good, I'll be honest. Bro, that's crazy. So oh the only difference God. between his outfit and mine is he had a tie on. And I said, no, I'm like open it's up my shirt. It's a completely different outfit sexy. then. I went from business but, casual to business professional. I, I took mean, it a step further, literally. Yes, but mine still looked better because I had a photo. On, Yes. Oh, uh, my, uh, yeah, my. yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I right. put my phone off? Oh, yeah. Because right. I, I remember in my mind how Scott looked, so I just need to come It went, literally went crazy. I think that you posted it on your Instagram story. Literally. Just not even the same outfit. It's literally the same outfit. And I, and I hit up. Did someone post a picture of you of it? So, so this is how I put it. <laughs> so Reg put me on his story. Oh, okay. And then I went to Reg's room later that night, and we were talking, and he's like, yeah, why'd you... Steal Earl's look. outfit. It's a good look. Appreciate you. And I mm-hmm. said, "What are you talking about?" And he's like, "You said he said that you saw him yesterday, <laughs> in the exact same outfit, and you just copied it." First of all, I don't have like a plethora of resources in terms of fashion. I have yes three jackets and then a couple pants, and then I just have to do what I can with that look. I was not copying you. It doesn't even look the same. Mine looked better one because I had a Zanelli. I don't know what that Taylor is. fit. I don't know what that exactly. means. Zanelli? Exactly. Bro, you Over just your made head. that up. No, I'm just <laughs> made that up. That's Zanelli, not it. Zanelli suits. How do you I definitely spell? fucked up the name of it. It's not even going to exist. <laughs> well, I should be like, you clearly got it from H&M, but you're going to add some <laughs> some spectacle to it. But nah. Nah, I got it from Tickners. Are you sure? Tickners? Are you sick? Bro, where do you shop? <laughs> so like, these are not like this reasonable shopping places. No, just not. That's what is comes up when it says. Is a penny? You I don't said even Zanelli. Know. I know I messed up. It might be with an E instead of an I. Zafeni? No, don't worry about it. Zanelli, bro. All we need to know is mine looked better. That literally looks ridiculous. The name alone makes me not want to purchase from the, That's from the, from the brand, bro. Bro, you know what pulled up an open chested dress, like floral dress. That's actually factually correct so when did you <laughs> when did you get into like writing though because this is that's like your thing you you want to write I, for a fashion magazine you want to run your own fashion magazine correct it's literally not true you literally <laughs> told me that earlier this year did not say that so I did. You want a, a cultural culture magazine. based publication yes that's what i said right, so there you go um i got into so ironically like so i've always uh always like wrote down how i was feeling just off the strength i wasn't really like I wasn't a really verbal kid like growing up, ironically. Um, I was real like, I'm still pretty shy to this day kind of, but like I was especially like shy when I was young because I ain't had that much confidence or whatever. So once I like, so I always wrote how I felt about, you know, just like being me, whatever, diaries, I guess, I don't know, just being a kid. 
elementary and middle school. And then once I got to high school, I actually was into sports. Like I played three different sports. And then um, that's kind of what I wanted to pursue as like I went into college, I wanted to be uh, pre-physical therapy. So that's what my major was up in going into OU up until I think that three months before uh, we we officially like arrived on uh, campus or whatever for um, orientation. I was like, because uh, I went to post-secondary school. So my last two years of high school, junior year and senior year, I went to a place called DeVry University like full time. And that's where I got my web graphic right. design degree or whatever. So at the my last quarter there, because it was eight week quarters or whatever, my professor was like, Earl, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think pre-PT is for you. I was like, why? She was like, usually somebody that's in pre-PT are usually more built and you're kind of scrawny. I was like, well, that's number one, that's not true. It's also- It clearly was. I mean, big, she had the confidence to say that to you. <laughs> big generalization, right? So I was like, okay. But she was like, I just, like, she was my English professor. I just graded your last, we had this big project. It was a big project where, uh, I don't know, it was like a 12, I think 10 to 12 page essay or whatever. I was talking about uh, Ray Rice um, after he- uh, Beat the hell out of his wife. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Domestic violence is typically what it's called, Scott. So I, uh, <laughs> um, so I wrote about it. And she was like, I think you have a real talent for writing. I was like, no, nah, I appreciate that. Like, that's cool. She was like, you should consider journalism rather than pre-PT. I was like, all right. So after that, uh, like I tried to apply, I guess, or like try to change my major, immediately denied me. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Cause number one, I'm late and I'm, I have no credentials. Like to at scripts. All. Yeah. Like yeah. I, bro, I haven't, I know plenty, plenty of students that had like wrote for their school newspaper or something like that. We didn't have a school newspaper, never did it. You know what I mean? So I had no background in journalism. So that's where I really got my start. Uh, it's really when I came to college. Obviously, I wasn't in the school, but anytime somebody asked me, what's your major? I was University of College, but I was like, no, I'm Scripps. Like, I'm J school. Yeah, yeah. Just to like, kind of speaking into existence. You could call it lying, but I say I was speaking into existence. So that spring, luckily, since I did post-secondary, I had 76 credit hours. So I was able to apply for J- to be in the J school, like officially. I think you have to have over 60. So... I applied and I actually used the story that I just told y'all about how my English professor told me to get into journalism as the base of my application to get into J school Aww. for the transfer. And I used a similar me. story for my essay to get in here. For real? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I had a teacher in middle school. I wrote, um, we had to do some, uh, one of our like topics in the English class, we had to read books about like the Holocaust. That was like mm-hmm. the theme of the year. And I wrote some poems and I would translate them into German. Yeah. Um, to be completely honest with you, I Google Translate was not helping me out, so I just had to <laughs> write down letters. But yeah, yeah. So I had one copy that was just like in English that's like mm-hmm. just the poems and then I had like this book and I had my mom like burn the book, make it seem like it's gone through hell, stuff like that. And she gave me an award at the end of the year. And it was really embarrassing because like when you're yeah. growing up, especially in middle school, like writing is not cool. Like, especially if you're like playing sports, like just with the guys, like you get made fun of. And I got that award and she said like, don't ever stop writing. And I went away from it and then came back to it. And I I used her as the reference for someone that's like, Mm -hmm. I really want to do this in my life. But were you like, so you, every time we talk now, it's like you appreciate art so much, just Mm -hmm. all kinds of art. It could be fashion. Um, film or even just journalism. Like, were you always into art growing up or was it just this 
you got exposed to journalism you're like fuck all this shit's cool yeah. and i'm gonna continue to go with this no so my dad like so when i was originally like ah bro this is taking me back actually it's actually crazy so i was originally going to be enrolled into an art school don't give yourself that credit bro it's my time <laughs> so anyway i was in uh i was originally going to be going to art school like the columbus uh, school of arts because like i was really into draw drawing um painting as well um, cause my dad was in the painting. He used to take me to museums when I was younger. Or Were whatever. you good? Yeah, I was pretty good. I, I would say I was pretty do good. Do you still do it? Not at all. Not at all. But my, my, my artistic interest really transferred in like graphic design yeah, and like yeah, yeah. obviously writing, you know what I mean? So, but I just had that background from him, like introducing me to that, to that world, like at such a young age too. I actually won like a drawing competition and I got to see, uh, this Spider-Man, um, play thing. Yeah. That happened. It was terrible, but it was it was it was cool. <laughs> it was cool for what it was. So, yeah, I think that's really where my interest lied, and then it it evolved into like fashion and like all that other stuff and like music especially. Yeah. So, do you have any like influences like in terms of like modern artists or just artists in general that like actually like keeps you either motivated now or when you first got into it? Like, I know we're one of the two that are open about Kanye West being a creative genius. Yes, the man is crazy, but he is a creative genius, though. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah. people want him to be... So, like, when, when he's making music, you want him to be great. So, for him to be great, he has to be unusual. He has to be yes. completely different than everyone else. That's the definition of greatness in this field. Yes. How can you, at one turn... I know he said some really fucked up oh, shit, yeah. but how can you, at one turn, be like, hey, we need you to be completely different than everyone else. You mm -hmm. have to be, you know, breaking these barriers and completely changing music and then expect him to just switch in his personal life. Oh, well that's obvious, Scott. Um, because, bro, there's one thing to be unusual, there's another thing to He's be unaware. He's always been unusual, too. <laughs> He's not self-aware of how unusual he is. That's the problem, bro. He doesn't really think what he's saying is, is goofy, but it is. Like, it's a lot. It's, he's very, like, out of the, the scope. Do you think maybe he does, though? What if he? What if he's tricking everyone? Like, for example, what were the yeah. polo shirts he used to wear that no the one pink would polo. wear? Yes, and he used to flip the collar up. Yeah, maybe the, he's uh, always been different on purpose. <laughs> no, I think some of it is there is some method to his madness, but I think that was a lot earlier on when it was an actual method. But now, <laughs> but now it's not. I don't think the method as is as strategic because a lot of it is he's actually low key. No, I don't want to say crazy, bro. I think that's a little. That's not, I don't know, I can't say crazy. Cause that's like undermining like his actual abilities. And also I can't call somebody crazy. I think he's just like, like I said, self, he's not self aware, bro. Yeah, I don't know, he does have that gift though, in terms of music. Bro, and even, eat well, as far as he like- can't have it all either. Like That's I, true too though. And exactly. I'm not giving any excuses for him, but like if, if he was like the perfect person and all well-rounded, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. like. Yeah. He's been given this gift, like in terms of music. Like he, to me, he truly is a creative genius. Yes, but I have a playlist that's like fifty songs, like deep in Kanye no, West. I do too. I do and too. I don't What's know any other. What's just called? What uh, you call creative it? genius. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just call mine. It was mine's just worse. Kanye West, like best of Kanye West. But then you got in an argument. I got in an argument with one of her friends um, about. <laughs> he was talking about the beat. I don't like the Beatles. Well, I, I don't dislike Which the Beatles. Which is not okay, but... Abby, you a Beatles fan? I, I like just, the Beatles. My name yeah. is actually spelled A-B-B-E-Y, like Abbey Road, but it wasn't after Abbey Who's Road. Who's Abbey Road? Who's that? I see, exactly. Ooh. That's like... That's like the famous Beatles album, where they're like walking across oh, the street. They're walking on wow. Abbey Road. 
and it's spelled the same as like the name that's on my birth certificate. That's and crazy. everyone always thinks that it's my pa- parents mm-hmm. were, were Beatles fans, but actually you would get along. They don't like the Beatles. I just, if we look at like statistics <laughs> back then, like albums sold and stuff like that, <laughs> like everything's completely overblown with the Beatles. For example, like Led Zeppelin sold more albums in the time frame that the Beatles were around. Yes, because Led Zeppelin is a lit, bro. Greatest rock yeah, but band the ever. Beatles were just like and very everyone's experimental. Like and the argument going back to what you were referring to is that um, they were their response to why the Beatles are so phenomenal is because they're so transcendent um, in the music. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, I said Kanye West is extremely transcendent for his time. I, I think when we look so. back, mm-hmm. he's gonna he's had a lot of influence. Like even Drake, like he points to uh, was it 808s and Heartbreaker graduation. Yeah. They said, like, this album changed my life. He does do that. And Kanye, well, I mean, he's the wrong person to ask, but he says, and he's been adamant about this, that 808s and Heartbreaks has transcended the entire music industry since he's dropped it. And I think that was 08. So, yeah. I think it has, though. Bro, I think he, honestly, I think Kanye arguably has, like, maybe four classic albums out of, what, like, seven or something like that? Or six? Like, I could argue Yeah, it's, that, it's tough to pick a favorite. What's your favorite? Uh, probably, probably graduation. I really liked. Um, I don't know, bro. No, no. My favorite is uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. The, I think sure. that's the most perfect album that he's ever made. It's probably the most perfect album outside of like maybe Thriller or the Blueprint, Illmatic that I've ever heard in my life. I like Life of Pablo too. I know. Uh, I like it. It's kind of torn with people. Jesus, mm. I actually enjoy Jesus. I do too. And a lot of people I think we're one of the few. Jesus. I think we're me, you, and P-Way. Probably the only only three that actually yeah, probably I really like enjoy Jesus. it. He has some songs in there that I could care less about, but I really oh, actually, yeah. um, sure. New Slaves might be my favorite song by him. That transition at the end. Bro, it goes crazy. crazy. It goes crazy. Uh, bro, this might be a, this is a hot take. Abby, have you heard of Jesus? Have you heard Jesus? So I didn't listen to Kanye West probably, well, for many reasons, but then like the political stuff happened and I was like, I guess I don't really have a reason, but then Scott, I was <laughs> I caused in, a rift his, in her friend group with really? getting her on to Kanye West. Now she's defending. Yeah, because he played, he played <laughs> yeah. New Slaves in my car and I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, this is actually a good song. And then we were listening to a bunch of Kanye, I think, in your dorm, and you were like, this is Kanye, and I had no idea. And so he made that playlist, and I've mm. been listening to it. So I don't know like, yeah. all the songs, but... Of course, but yeah. Nah. I know, it is it's it is sort of problematic. I feel like I'm torn be- because we've had this conversation before about separating the ability to separate the art and the artist. Oh, yeah, I think you have to. You have to. Well, yeah, I mean... American Beauty is one of my favorite movies that I've seen, and Kevin Spacey is a total creep. Wait, American Beauty? Yeah. Is that when he is uh No, I think he's I'm, a, he, a he middle-aged likes, man yeah, that falls in love with his daughter's best friend. And you, who's the actor? Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Okay, House I'm of completely too. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what we're talking about? Yeah, that guy. You know what he did? What he did recently? Like why no, he's why in he's so much like trouble? Canceled. Why yeah, like because yeah. uh, sexual assault. Yeah, right? yeah of like yeah. young boys. Whoa. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. I didn't know it was younger. Man, was him coming out. Like that's how he tried yeah. to play it off. It's no, just, bro, like, oh, like, by the way, I'm terrible, gay. No. Terrible transition. You're just that, perpetuating bro. a narrative where people think that they have to be afraid of Jeez. I didn't people know in that community. I think in terms of separating the art from the artist, though, people do it based off their agenda. For example, there's not an actor alive right now that would not do a Woody Allen film. And I don't know why we're all forgetting that he got accused of yes. raping a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. His wife's uh, daughter. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So his stepdaughter, he got accused of raping her. They had a deal outside of court. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah. people still go see Woody Allen. He's still acknowledged all, all the time. So why? What's the difference? And then Kanye has said some some severely problematic things. But there, I know a lot of people that have canceled him. And that that was my my whole point is like. <sighs> I think with the the way his brain works, like you said, he's unaware of it. Yeah. But that's also why, not in terms of him being unaware, but just in how his brain seems to work from the outside looking in. That's why you love him too. Yeah. So I think to if, you can, if yeah. you can separate, we love how unique he is in music. Um, mm-hmm. Like New Slaves, I don't know why. Like that transition I'm talking about. Like I'd listen to New Slaves probably five times before yeah. I even listened to the transition because I wasn't really fucking with the first part of it. And then I heard the transition because I was just listening through his albums and it changed the entire song now. Like, that's my go-to. Like, imagine New Slaves, you know, the transition I'm talking about? Imagine that in a movie trailer, just that transition. A movie trailer? Not the first part of the song, but the trailer, like, or the second part of the song. That would be intense, bro. That's like a thriller. Like, it's like a audio thriller. Like, it's crazy. But as far as, like, separating the art from the artist, that can be detrimental too, Scott. Abby, because mm, agree. we have a figure with, especially within like urban culture, right? Mr. Robert Kelly. There are still people that go and attend the concerts. He's actually even still allowed to like partake in, right? Like they still support him and vehemently deny like everything that's transpired since he really entered into the industry, maybe even before then. So like it can be detrimental as well. In Kanye's case. Bro, honestly, the man says some off the wall like shit. Mm-hmm. Regardless, like he also bro, didn't rape anyone. That's yeah, my point. That's, also, the, so he's not. I, I agree difference. that there's a line. Like for example, in terms of like life stories, I I think Conor McGregor's fascinating. Like I I, yeah, I, I was nah. the biggest fan of Conor. Just the way he's able to like win a fight prior to the fight just by his trash talk like yeah. he's phenomenal and he was a plumber and he took this direction yeah. um, I think you're I, also a fan because people say you look like him as well I do does. look like him yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I that. had a friend respond to my snap story and say uh, when I said like oh Scott's living with me next year she was like you're living with Conor McGregor <laughs> yo are you actually he's Scottish right are you Scottish he's Irish yeah I, there's no way I'm this. not Irish but are you are you Irish yeah I'm pretty Irish isn't Scott an Irish name I don't think I don't think my parents were trying to go back the lineage. To name <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I don't know this urban or European culture too well. But anyway, he so he has the fight against Habib, right? And he throws a dolly through a bus. Any other fighter, I would be against. He also I'm, I'm lost. I'm rooting though. for Connor. Yeah, you guys asked what. <laughs> and then lost. he retires, yeah. and I post on Instagram. This was my fuck up of the year. I post on Instagram, like, thanks for everything. Like, you're a big influence on me. Like, in terms of like his perseverance. Like, I yeah, love to that. have a similar story. Yeah. Literally two hours later, gets the accused of sexual assault in Ireland. So like there has to there has to be a line in terms of that. And there there are thing there are fucked up things that people do that's different than speech that I think you have to be punished for. So now it's mm-hmm. I haven't really messed with Connor since, and that's shitty because there's a whole innocent until proven guilty. But shit type, like that, deal, yeah, it's tough. It's not hard <clears throat> to believe if that makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, bro, that's like so big though. Like people like denigrate people so early on. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like people do. No, in this instance, if he came out, yeah, innocent, was, I I have. Yes, but why have you just assumed he's he's not innocent? Why? Because of he his entire he he's been continually getting in trouble lately. And yeah. So like if we look at like how he's been lately, it's not mm-hmm. the Connor that everyone fell in love with, the guy that was trash talking and fighting every other month. 
yeah. since the Floyd fight, he's, you know, he got all coked up and threw a dolly through a bus. And then he takes fans' phones, slams them on the ground, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really the guy that, like, if someone were, like, like I asked you earlier, and we'll jump back to it, like, who are your influences and stuff like that? I'm going to I'm gonna go to my kids and be like, Conor McGregor was a great influence, and then we really look at him, and I'm just supposed to brush that stuff away. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take away from him in the moment. He was yes. phenomenal. I've never Bro, seen it. Great any, fighter. I hate, I, I, hate, I don't fighters, hate, but I, will, I don't watch MMA if it's not Conor. Truly. I mean, I'll, I'll go to a fight, and I'll enjoy it, but, like, Connor's who I'm interested in. That's how I felt about Floyd, though. Like, when before, like, up until, like, Spence and Crawford really emerged and Canelo, obviously, I didn't really watch boxing outside of Floyd Mayweather, though. And, like, the same way you separate art from the artist, his art, his craft, boxing, I definitely separate that from his personality. Dude is a dickhead. I like like, that you worded it like that. The art and craft. I think it is, like... Not sports sure. yeah journalism like that's that's a craft bro that's something yeah. you gotta continuously like work on and develop over time that's yeah i shared a document with her my most influential people and mm-hmm. i think they were like in terms of like artists and yeah there were three athletes i think i had who'd you have the three athletes i had yeah. i think i had LeBron. i had connor lebron and that might be it for athletes not kobe no okay no Abby, what did you have? Did you have your own separate list? I didn't have my own separate list. He just shared it on me. I'm trying to go through and find it, but mm-hmm, yeah. we'll see. Uh, I think my first one was uh, Charles Bukowski, which is the tattoo I have got on it. my arm. Um, yeah, you can read it off here. All right, we got... It says, my most influential artist of all time, a.k.a. the Ballad of Creative Geniuses. That's so Scott. Like, it is. <laughs> it's annoying. That's why you love me, though. <laughs> um, Johnny Cash is number one. That's a terrible really? pick. No, he's actually, no, he completely changed music. Every, uh, damn near everyone in the music industry talks. He literally had a time where everyone was in this box. Yes. So you're a gospel singer. He's like, no, I'm not a gospel singer. Like, you're a country music singer. He's like, no, I'm not a country music singer. He's rock, country, everything all in one. And he was the first person to kind of step in that spotlight yeah. and say, I don't really give a fuck what you think about me. I'm going to do what I want. Now, yes, did he get into problematic things? Yes. Of course. But he, he literally transcended in terms of how we look at celebrities. Um, he was kind of part of that bad boy area era with, like, Elvis Presley and stuff like no, that. I'm going to give my man little Richard his props because if I don't give it to him he'll give it to himself regardless but that man transcendent music bro y'all don't even know who little Richard is do y'all y'all don't moving down the list man it's crazy (laughs) as hell but yeah go ahead (laughs) uh Charles Bukowski which you said you have your of course you got your tat Mm mm-hmm yeah um Martin McDonough yeah Martin McDonough he's a screenwriter and director apparently what did he write he's wrote um Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Seven Psychopaths and M. Bruges. Mm. Yeah, I don't know any of them. There must be, honestly. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin lit as hell. Chuck, I will not be able to pronounce this name. Chuck Palahniuk. Chuck Palahniuk. He uh, wrote um, Fight Club. Why is there an H in his name? Why not the director, though? Who's the director? I forgot. No, so... David Fincher. David Fincher is legendary. Go down the list. Yeah, he's he's on the list. We have Tom Hardy, which is a wrestler. Who's that? Oh shit! (laughs) I'm thinking Matt Hardy. Nah, Tom Hardy. Bro, these are the the only reason he's on the list because Scott wants to emulate him. Like I swear, bro. Who Tom Hardy? You swear you're Tom Hardy? Y'all like relatively the same size and everything. Like no, you're swearing I'm Tom Hardy. I've never said I'm Tom Hardy. 
What? I would never be Tom Hardy. No, you. You're saying I'm Tom Hardy. I've never said I'm Tom Hardy. You have said you're Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. Was I drunk? Yes. Okay, but a girl walked up to you at I think it was one of these. <laughs> it was either Red Brick Pub something. Don't do this. You were like, Oh my God, you look like Tom Hardy. I know. That's what, <laughs> I know. Stop. I know. I do. Yeah. Fact okay. ass. Kanye West. Of course. Hunter S. Thompson. Yes. Uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, LeBron James. Mm, that's a good one, though. Quentin Tarantino. Jack- no, that's on my list. He is? Yes, definitely. <laughs> Jack Kerouac. No. Conor McGregor, Robert Towne, and David Fincher. Those are all, those are half of them more quality. I would say half of them more quality. Who would be on Who your be, list? Yeah. I'm going to just go with my top five because nobody wants to continue. <laughs> that. So, Tarantino, definitely. Number three, okay. This is that is exactly how <laughs> I said he talks before. No, because yeah, why was there a need for a pause? <laughs> because I have to think. I don't have this outline in a book or a notepad. That's fair. That's fair. So I would say Tarantino is definitely up there. LeBron. I would say honestly Kanye West too. Yeah. Jay Z for different reasons though. Not really so much creatively, yeah. more strategically, and just like how to maneuver through an industry. Like, bro, he's mastered it. <laughs> Um, I would agree with that one. Shoot, and I would say Christopher Nolan, bro. Mm. Wow, that's, that's hands down my favorite director of all time. He's a phenomenal writer too. Yes, and then last, I would say I think this is six, but I'm gonna go with it. Virgil Abloh, bro. Tell me about him. He's the director of Louis Vuitton right now. He also is that Con- Off White. Is that Kanye's friend? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off White. So. Yeah, bro. I would say those are the, not only that was the those, first bro. black director of a fashion of a high fashion yeah. brand. Yeah, no, it's him, bro. Virgil. That's when you hear everybody in their songs. Shout out Virgil. Shout out Off White. That's the man. Like he could turn. He bro. Literally, I seen on his Instagram. Literally had a box of uh, what's the things? Clips or whatever, right? Like clips, like, like for paper clips. clips. Oh, paper, paper clips. clips. Made a chain of paper clips, bro. If he released that, it'll probably sell for 350 plus, like literally a thousand maybe. That's just how influential he is. Can like, you even fathom the amount of ideas going through his head at bro, once? on a day-to-day hourly basis. Like, I think hourly. I'm creative, but I'm not, I mean, I'm thinking about like screenplays and just like podcasting ideas a lot. <laughs> yeah. But these people are just like constantly like. It's constantly moving, bro. It's constantly That's why ideas. I fucked with O'Neal too. I think I've told you this, like yeah. we both had the same, mm-hmm. when we met, he's like, I don't know if I've told you this, but I met with one of his brothers and we were talking and um, he started talking about his photography and he's like, oh, I just have so many creative ideas. And I was like, so do I. And he's like, so what do you do with them or something like that? And I pulled out a black book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually in my bag, wherever my bag is. But, um, and I said, I just jot them down in here. And I have a couple in here, just like random, like that idea that I told you about that I wanted to write, collab with yeah. you. Just a bunch of shit in here. And he pulled out almost an identical book. And he's like, yo, that, I do the same thing. Yeah, like, nah, real talk. That's why I should start doing more, bro. Like, I don't feel like I write it down enough. I kind of just like, it's the, like a The thing is, you'll have, like, you'll have like an idea. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I really want to pursue this. And then you're just flipping through your book and you go back and you're like, fuck, this could really make mm-hmm. my yeah. idea better. Or you can be like, no, I really want to, like, this was a good idea. Mm-hmm. I wasn't yeah. just an, one of her friends has a kind of like a drunk diary. Mm-hmm. Which is actually really cool. That's actually what? Like, yeah, Bro, I, instead I of like writing down thoughts and, and things. Because yeah. I feel like in those types of situations, perhaps you're more, you have maybe some more, maybe not more mm-hmm. clarity. Yeah, because nah, for sure. Alcohol, but um, definitely more in, 
in touch with certain thoughts and emotions. Mm -hmm. So really smart. I have a question. All the people on your 15 plus however many people list and all of your people were men. Do you have any influential women? Oh, that's a good point though. Mm -hmm. Michelle Obama for sure. Oh my God, that's who I was Michelle gonna Obama say. Michelle Obama for oh. sure. She might be. She she's my top. She's my top I besides Moala. I love Moala. Who else? Damn, I never really thought of that though. I've often thought about that in terms of like people will be like, "Who are your favorite actors?" Yeah. And I rarely mention a female actor. Yeah. Um, there are some I really fuck with. I would say Catherine Bigelow, to me, like, so we're. Piggybacking off your point, like the action movie genre is often considered like a male dominated genre. Yeah. She comes in, she does Point Break, which is the bank robbery movie with all the masks. Mm -hmm. And then she does Zero Dark Thirty, two of the greatest action movies ever. And she's helming this. Yeah. And her uh, ex husband was James Cameron. That's, whoa, okay, wait. So who is the the female lead in um, Terminator 2, though? Because I thought that was James Cameron's ex-wife or something like that. I might the be the one that plays Sarah Connor. Yeah, Sarah I don't know Connor, her name. Bro. She, her bro, name. she is, and she's coming back for the new Terminator too. She's I'm, a I'm, beast. I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah, you should be after Genesis. Genesis is terrible. He's had four ex-wives. Bro, he needs to just give it up. <laughs> like literally. Catherine yeah. Bigelow was one, and then who are you thinking? I'm thinking of whoever plays Sarah Connor. In Terminator 2, that's bro, that's the best action movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it's the top left one, Lindel, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton, bro. Four ex wives? Come on, dude. Bro, just give it the up. Last time he was married, though, it really? said the last one ended in 1999. So he oh, had so he's hit. between 78 and 99, he had four. But now he's like not. I feel Maybe like, he just I feel figured like commitment wasn't terrible. for him. I feel like you might, as much as I believe in you, I yes. feel like you might have. Don't multiple say that. You don't want that. I don't really. want that. With like so notoriously all right, let me name out list first though. As far as females. And then we can get into that. Because that's a bigger conversation I actually want to have. How much time we have here? We've got about forty minutes. Maybe. Okay, smooth. So all right. Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Don't know mm-hmm. why. She's a legend, bro. Angelina Jolie. Mainly for no. her philanthropic work. No. Yeah, she's She's what she did to Brad Pitt was borderline unspeakable. Bro, he'll be fine. And then uh, who is that famous um, female journalist, bro? She like She's notorious for interviews. Uh, I think she was on CBS for like forever. Not Diane Sawyer, right? Diane Sawyer? Is it her? It might be her. Blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Older. Older mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. And then I'm going to give it to Ellen DeGeneres, but don't ask me why. <laughs> Go ahead. I think she's not an influence on me, um, but in terms of having an impact on mainstream culture mm-hmm. and kind of switching the narrative, yeah. Marilyn Monroe was huge, mm. truly. Because you went from like kind of, I guess prudes the word I'll use for just in terms of the 1940s, she comes along in the 50s and she catapulted everything. Bro, yeah, definitely. She was awesome. Influ- influence is crazy. People still reference her in movies like... You know the scene where uh, a woman will be like under like this air joint yeah, and yeah, dress will pull up. She, yeah. yeah. Or just go in a poster shop. You're poster not gonna, shop. You're not gonna walk mm, by. Yeah, nah. A section without Marilyn Monroe. That was crazy in there. How many Marilyn Monroe like impersonators are in Las Vegas? All that, bro. That's Films all her. about her. She's been dead for what over like 50 years or something. Like, yeah. Gosh. That was a hell of a time to be alive, bro. What in the 60s? Never mm-hmm. mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, as far as so. Do you mean that as like a good or a bad thing? Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm I feel confused. like it was a very tumultuous and political. Well, Definitely. Think of, I think of times of Think about change. some of the most influential people in any culture. Yes. In terms of America. I'm thinking 60s, 60s bro. Yeah, Malcolm X, absolutely. MLK, like. Think of the civil rights movement. You think of the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that you don't like the Beatles, but there is a really good movie where they do... Um, they just, they're overrated. Well, I think okay. they're heavily overrated. <laughs> but I, but at the same time, I've never heard an album, though. A full album, though. Yeah, full transparency. Yeah. I have not given them the time. <laughs> yeah, no, Yeah, I mean, like, them. not every, I don't vibe with, I mean, they have so many songs. There's a lot that I'm like, eh, about, but there's some that I really like. I have a tough time with uh, mainstream art, though. Have I ever given you my spiel on mainstream Here art? Here we go. How do you feel about mainstream art? Like, what do you mean? So, like, I feel like, <clears throat> an artist at its best like if you were gonna create something like groundbreaking mm-hmm. it has to be your perspective the the whole point of it being so phenomenal is it's like a completely different perspective like mm-hmm. you have to keep in mind your brain works differently than any human's brain has in the history hopefully so if you have your own perspective and you bring it out and it's great and people love it that's awesome but it's also problematic in terms of like for example say game of thrones is the one i referenced last time just a great <laughs> the perspective from the author was awesome it gets popular right Mm -hmm. and then people start hearing oh this is why it's so great stuff like that and you tailor your art to continue to be in the mainstream like culture like oh this person deserves to be on the throne or this person should stay alive when in reality your perspective never had that intention so the minute you get clout and you get famous i think that's why it's fucked a lot of famous people up and why they can't like why I think longevity mm-hmm. is so impressive for artists is because yeah. you have to keep your individual perspective mm-hmm. while also being appreciated by the whole. That's that's difficult to it's do. It's hard to you, do. You can't yeah. let their influence mess with any of your art. That's why mainstream art can be frustrating for me. But at the same time, it's to be appreciated too. Because to, there's a reason. That, about there's it, a reason that it's famous. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if true artists are necessarily looking for that. Maybe not, but if they find it, I don't think that it's necessarily a bad yeah. thing. I feel like it's a balance, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta be able yeah, to, like, bro, sure. for example, I referenced this man earlier, Jay-Z, bro. The fact that this man has been active since his first, his first album dropped in 96, right? Right. A reasonable doubt. Bro, the fact that he was able to, on, like, four, three-year hiatus and drop 444, which I, I think is, like, one of his best albums of all time, too. Like, it's easily top four. Bro, like, that just shows you that he can stay true to who he is. If you've heard the album, it's very personal, the most personal he's ever been, while still been, being able to have a mainstream type of appeal. Like, that's to be commended, too, though. But he's kept his perspective is, is what my point is. I think sometimes people wane off of that, and that's when it's not as impactful to me. No, I it happen, it I happens. It happens with writing uh, because I'm so interested in film and stuff like that. Yeah. Like this is why Tarantino is so beloved. Yeah. Like he's a, he's an example of somebody who stayed true to him. Because here's here's yeah. what could have happened if he would have listened to everyone else. They're like, okay, why why is this person just randomly getting shot? Why is there so much violence mm-hmm. in your film? And he's like, yeah. no, it's entertainment. He's stuck with that and it's worked for him. Yeah, there are other people that are probably weighing off of it. I guess like Bill Burr, the comedian. He's not himself anymore. I don't know if you listen to him. Probably no, I don't. No. I'm more of a Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock type. They're pretty good. Yeah. Louis C.K. Dave Chappelle, if you listen to any comedian talk. What? Louis C.K.? I don't think he's in good good standing right now. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's it's 
gross. It was it was weird more than anything. It was it was like it was gross. Like there's something definitely mentally off about you. Again, he didn't rape anyone. He would, yeah. he would call, there's a you big know what difference. No. Nah, he would call know. he would call women, they would talk to him and he would masturbate whilst talking to them. He would also like have women come to his hotel room like when he was in a position of power and then he would like masturbate in front of them. Yeah. And like their argument, which he agreed with, he was like, I was in a position of power. I considered consent, but also like, again, he wasn't, he wasn't assaulting anyone, yeah. but he was, it was sexual harassment. No one wants to see you masturbate it's just, in your like hotel said, room. Weird. It's, it's I don't know how to feel about it. I'd be wasn't like, he married? I don't, I don't think so. That really, so in his way, he's like, Hollywood. I'm not cheating. Right. I didn't touch it. I think right. that there's weird, definitely though. some weird mental <laughs> how you, stuff. How do you going explain on? that to your wife? Like, <laughs> I masturbated, but I didn't touch it. Like, I got a nut. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't, bro. That's just weird. Like, you can't even tell your homeboys about it. You can't be like, yo, Shorty came over. What'd you do with her? Nothing, bro. I just sat in my chair and jacked off. Oh, like, it's, it's just terrible. Like, what? Yeah, it's weird. It's, 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 it's weird, weird because, like, I don't know how to feel when I first. I feel gross. I can say that I do feel gross about it. Yeah. Like as a woman, like if I were in that situation, like I would feel very <laughs> disgusted. But I'm like here. I wouldn't. I don't know. It's it's mm. a very odd thing. Yeah. Some, of, some of them might have been into it. No, some no, of the girls might have stayed off of curiosity. Like, where's this going? Like, but is, a lot he, of is he going to complete know. this act? Oh, like, he's on the know. phone. They didn't know. Oh, and yeah, they, they would just know. like hear weird heavy breathing, and then they were like, wait. Not the, that not the doing? heavy breathing. Oh, no. Because a lot of times he was like their superior. Oh, he was? Yeah. Whoa. So like they would work under him literally or like he was just like. Yeah. Like I think that he was definitely in a position of power. That's crazy. Kind of messed up. All right. So but back yeah. to your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a person. So you're getting to this point in terms of your journalism career at Ohio University. You've done these articles that have gotten really good reviews. Even the ones I shared on Facebook, people really like them. It fits your personality. You're doing a really good job with the articles. Um, so what's the next step for you as a journalist? Like, what what do you what do you want to accomplish in your career? So I always, I always say this. Immediately it's, and longevity-wise. Longevity-wise, so. I'm gonna just give you a, a idea of what I want to do long-term and then get into the, like, the crux of it. So basically, I want to be, the plan is to be in the industry for 20, 25 years, like as a full-time journalist, go back for grad school and uh, then develop into like a professor. It's similar to what uh, my mentor did. I don't know my former mentor. We're not on the best of terms. We haven't been in like a year's time, but that's okay. I still love him. Uh, His name is Justice Hill, right? So he works for the Seattle Times in addition to working for BET and other like you know, publications like high profile and then he eventually came into teaching. It's not the most likable guy, I agree. But his career trajectory and like how it's like really evolved is something I always wanted to uh, kind of emulate. So 20, 25 years, go to grad school, maybe come to OU, maybe go to Oxford, who knows, whatever. So, <laughs> and, no, then, and then teach, bro, and then teach and really I wanna, get to I want to teach too, at some point. Yeah, nah, bro, you should, you like the reason being, I'm assuming is to give back to like, and help develop future leaders in journalism. Like, yeah. And, yeah, and the, I personally genuinely love people. Like, I love, like, this yeah. is why I'm doing the podcast. Like, I, I enjoy talking to people, finding out yeah, their yeah. stories. Um, and I also like hearing myself talk, so. I agree, 100%. And I kind of have a little bit of an ego, so sitting up there acting like people care about, like, my, you know, like, yeah. coming back, and you're like, yeah, I accomplished everything. <laughs> Type deal. So, yeah. And then, like, so... 
um, just thinking short term right now. The next step is really just to make my mark there. Like I feel like in in at OU I didn't did everything that I wanted to do for the most part. Uh, worked for several on campus publications, <clears throat> became an editor, worked for a professional. I worked for two professional publications like Six One Four Magazine, now the Athens Messenger. So I'm just thinking like, bro, the next step is to actually make my mark outside of Ohio University and make a similar impact, maybe exceed it. Who knows? So that's the goal right now, especially in New York City, bro. New York is filled with like. Are you moving there? Yeah, I'm moving there June, June 3rd. Wow. So, so the plan, I'm staying out there 10 weeks for my, uh, my internship. And then the plan is to stay out there permanently. And, like, and that's a big city. I'm not used to I don't think any of us are used to that big of a city. Like, no. we're What's usually, your internship? Internship? The Hemispheres and the National. Wow. Yeah, they're uh, both. So the Hemispheres is under United Airlines. Mm-hmm. It's like the travel magazine. So like, that's what I'll be contributing to. So after that, bro, I want to make my... Try to move up, go to Complex, Rolling Stone, something like that. I actually have a connection in Rolling Stone. That's crazy. As long as you know I could, me, I could actually, it. no, yeah, I could actually help you out there. Yes, if you want to go the NPR route, I got connections to NPR. My, My favorite professor at the school, her husband wrote for Rolling Stone. Wait, who's that? Uh, her name's Elizabeth oh Hendrickson. Her husband's Matt Hendrickson. Oh my God! Yes, you know her. Yeah, I yeah. know her, but I've never I had a class her. with her. I'm, I'm yeah. close with her. Yeah, one of my, one of my best friends. Her dad actually sat down towards the end of Obama's administration and talked mm-hmm. to him about um, global warming and essentially how he feels about like wow. um, what direction Trump's going to take it. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. If she read or hear that for sure. Yeah, she's exposed to a lot of people like us too that probably ask for the same reference. But I, per- I personally think you you're gonna do something completely mm-hmm. different in terms of like what you create. I think with the perspectives you've had and just talking about like to you, like we just list, we listed X amount of artists and you you knew them across all domains. It was like music, writing, and like movies. I feel like you're just gonna take, to me you're too creative to like follow the status quo. I think you're gonna take it to another step. I thought you wanted to run your own magazine oh, no, that's in regards to like, yeah. I mean, you're into fashion. I thought that that's like, I understand now that I corrected myself the cultural no, magazine. No, I but corrected you. I think you. <laughs> and then you I then think, tr- switched up. Hmm? I think it'll be great there. Oh, I appreciate I that, say. bro. Yeah, so. Yeah, I didn't mention that. Yeah, that's actually something I want to do. I actually, like, had a publication for a while. Obviously, wasn't successful. It's called ColumbusCulture.com. Had a whole website going. But I realized you can't run a publication by yourself, big bro. So, like, so. But yeah, that's something I definitely want to uh, look into in the future, bro. So another thing I know that means the world to you that we haven't discussed a lot is your fraternity. Yes. Um, what's that? What's that experience been like for you? I know we've had a lot of talks where you've just talked about what the people mm-hmm. um, mean to you. For me, the first exposure I had to it was um, obviously Reggie, who thank God that he introduced me to people like you and even Malcolm. Um, yeah, Malcolm, yeah. Yeah, and he showed me the video of him at his probate. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before. But that, <laughs> that was one of the rawest that was hard. experiences I've ever seen. Like, I've never actually looked at someone and felt the emotion that they're truly yeah. going through. Smashing yeah. that brick, it just... And I, the people listening, and, and I mean, you're the only one that's experienced and knows what it truly, truly mm-hmm. means. Yeah. But like, what has that meant to you in terms of your development as a human being and like what you want to do afterwards? So, I don't know. Any So anybody that's listening that's really had an experience being a part of an MPAC organization, like, and has really withstood, like, or went through a process similar to mine, 
bro, they understand how difficult it is. But like, with it being as difficult as it is, like I told you this before, like you have like such an appreciation for the organization. Like from the outside, especially people who are not within any Greek life like organization, they just think, oh, you just wear letters, you stroll, and like. You just do programs. I'm doing programs too. No, nah, absolutely. Like you can be a leader outside of a of Greek organization. That's like ridiculous to say, but I feel like you don't get the same type of development, um, and you don't get the same. You definitely don't get the same networks. You don't get the same connections, and you don't grow as much as you would if you were a part of an organization. Um, though it is a different type of growth. So I feel like being a part of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, especially Phi Chapter, which is a top, is up until three weeks ago was a top five chapter in the world, literally. So uh, being a part of that, bro, it made me grow as like, it gave me confidence to literally go do anything that I wanted to do. I was always one of the people like, I felt like I was restricted in a way, a lot of ways actually. And that was mainly because I really lacked confidence in certain areas, um, but being going through my process and then being a high contributor, obviously I was the president, so I was seemingly like the face of the chapter. It gave me like confidence to just literally do whatever I want. So that's why when I talk about a year ago, talking about how I want to move to New York, or a year ago, talking about how I was going to succeed in LA when I had my two internships, it's like, bro, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't even do something like that unless I went through what I went through. So that's why I, I, I have so much appreciation for the organization. And more importantly, I have appreciation for the brothers I made in joining it. Yeah, I, from the outside looking in, in terms of, it, it seemed like the organization, what it's done for you specifically is this guy, this guy at all, and you've kind of alluded to it, but who you're describing has always been there. That's something that's like kind of been not locked away, but not exposed. And I feel like the organization allowed you to be genuine to yourself while also yeah. like you said like I wouldn't be the leader I was without being a leader and but I also feel like it exposed who you genuinely are it amplified it in a way yeah. yeah and in turn you've gotten all this recognition and I don't I don't know how you can't come out of this university or this experience knowing that I mean you were the president of this organization for a month and a half you said and you got an award and then yeah. you basically took all the awards home it seemed like at the last banquet you went to for it Uh, and you've talked about just how much it's meant to you and i know it's it's one of the more respected fraternities on this campus just in terms of abby and i had a conversation with one of her friends earlier today just mentioning the the name earl Mm -hmm. this girl goes oh is he the president of that one fraternity um and then he she goes uh the one that like led the mlk march and we're like yeah and she's like he was a phenomenal public speaker like just the Mm -hmm the impact that you have that might not even be directly reciprocated to you mm-hmm. is completely different than other Greek lives on this campus. And I, and having been exposed to it and, you know, like I, like a beta or something like that, it's like, it, yeah. all I know about them is their parties. And the, the philanthropy work that they, you know, maybe put out there, that seems secondary to their parties. And it's the exact opposite for your guys' fraternity. And knowing like, for me personally, like, and I was, I was, I, I sent this to you in a message and I kind of got emotional with Abby about, but like two people in my life, like you and Reg, like I've mm-hmm. never had people, I feel like I can fit into any group 
but I don't feel like an identity with them. I can't, I don't yeah. feel like I'm like myself with them. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I got with you guys and it's like, I can talk about film with you and you're not gonna make fun of me. You're actually gonna talk to me about it. I can talk about fashion with like Reg or you and, and you're actually gonna appreciate it and you're gonna talk mm -hmm. to me about it. Um, and I know truly, like I, we haven't even known each other that long and it's one of the more frustrating parts of my college experience, same with Reg. Um, but just in the short time, the fact that you were able to appreciate me and take me in was one of the proudest moments of my college career, honestly, without getting yeah. <laughs> but nah, it's just dope. tying it into your fraternity. It's it's the people that you are. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even meeting like Elijah and Trey and O'Neal and all those guys, Austin, like it's who you guys are and people people notice that. I'm sure Abby just sitting here like even just hearing me talk about y'all or when you came to that party, just seeing yeah. like y'all are like really good people. And to be a part of a fraternity like that and actually like use that for good in a community, especially a community that doesn't seem to represent your community as a whole, if that yeah. makes sense? Nah, not. Nah, it means 100%. a lot. There's a lot of respect. The fact that you won fraternity of the year wasn't, it's not a coincidence. Bro. And you can take that the rest of your life and be like, I was a part of this fraternity for one year and look what I did with it. Yeah, like type, awesome. type situation, bro. That's like. I feel like people <sighs> need to know that part of your story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's, bro, it's an everlasting part of it. Because, like, people think, like, I don't, I'm not sure how IFC, WPA works or MGC um, councils. Bro, being a part of Alpha Phi Alpha, bro, that's like O'Neill literally has his whole right arm. Yeah, the Pharaoh tatted with Alpha. That's how deep it is. I honestly wouldn't do that. I think it's stupid. But for him, like that just shows you how deep the ties are. That's a lifelong thing, just as his tattoos are. Like Alpha is a lifelong but, yeah, responsibility yeah. too. Yeah. Especially it's a it's a responsibility. You gotta be in tune with your community. You gotta be a leader, like, and you gotta like succeed with any desired field you're in. So that's that mindset that we developed while we were, you know, doing our process from day one up until now as members and who have brought other brothers in too, like that mindset will never die. That's why I appreciate it so much, bro. It will never die. How do you tie it into like connections and journalism and stuff like that? How How's, I mean, you, you're talking about like brothers for life. Yeah. And then there's, I saw you, you posted on Facebook. I don't know if it was your grad picks or yeah. an article and somebody randomly commented, like, uh, I was just looking at your comments. I don't know why, but someone said, do you remember me from something like that? You're like, of course I remember Bro, you. Bro, that was, uh, was crazy. Uh, that was my high school, one of my high school. He was like, uh. I don't know what he does, bro. He literally he literally went to my high school just cause. Like, I don't know, but he, he he would like teach, but he didn't have a specified subject. Like, I don't know. He was just there to really be just a figure. Like, you know what I mean? So his name was Mr. Cole. And like, I love the man. Like literally I thought he was crazy, but like, cause he, bro, he he's the only man I know that feels like he's related to everybody. Like literally, like, literally. There's, there's this artist called Keisha Cole. He was like, no, that's my cousin. I'm like, where's she from? He was like, oh, she's from Atlanta. And like, I got Coles in Mississippi. I'm like, bro, she's literally from Oakland, California. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But anyway, so he was an alpha man though. And so I didn't know that until my freshman year when I went back to my high school. Because every, everybody that goes to college for the first year wants to, you know, go back to high school to talk to the kids or whatever and like show them like, yo, I'm saucing on y'all a little horse. So yeah, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's what I did. I realized he was an alpha. I was like, whoa. Like, that just changed my whole perspective because, like, 
even despite him not, I'm pretty sure this man does not get paid to come to, back to the high school. He still is in tune with the students. He's like, he's like almost 70. Like, he loves it. So I was just like, bro, like, let's put it in perspective for me. So it just like confirmed why I wanted to be alpha because I was in touch with so many great alpha men. Like, so yeah. But how it connects with journalism, it doesn't, bro. I ain't gonna lie. There's not yeah. a lot of alpha, you, alpha you men that, that, that I know that are that in journalism. Guy, yeah, so that's, that's what you can do. Like, so that's why when dudes that are interested in the fraternity that are in the College of Communication, I'm like, bro, that's so dope because we don't have that type of level of representation like we do in, like, politics and, like, engineering and, like, other stuff like that. So, yeah. So in terms of, like, these two things that in terms of your journalism career and obviously being an alpha, like, were there ever moments where you weren't the Earl that people, like, see now where you were, like, kind of low on yourself? I know you, like, referred to, like, being shy. Like, yeah. were there ever, like... You, you look at any great artist or any great person that's accomplished anything and they always talk about that period where either people thought of them as a joke or didn't appreciate them or it was just really difficult to stay true to what they wanted because everything seemed to be against them in terms of what they could accomplish and just kind of that dark period where you're struggling to you know what you want to do you know what you mm -hmm. can do and you just there's a, it's a, the years Malcolm talked about in the last podcast he's like you just the grinding the time of grinding like the years where you oh. just have to grind so you're saying like all the work you put in do you feel outside of yourself or something like that no like when you're what what were the moments like when you were going through so you're like if i were to look at you right now yeah the earl i know is president of alpha phi alpha mm -hmm. and this journalist that's accomplished so much and won so many awards but there that wasn't always <laughs> your perception like people's perception what were the time when you were working for that because those are two things you you've mm -hmm. described that you really wanted yeah. so what was how did you get to that point? Okay, so that's hard to say because in my mind, I always saw myself like that. As right. far as what other people saw, um, they probably just saw, like I would say just in college in general because I feel like I transformed like many of us do when we when I got into college. Like, bro, I, like when I tell you, I had no inkling of what I would be today, like, like four or five years ago, like as many of, like a lot of us don't. So... As far as me being in college, I always saw myself as somebody that just had to prove himself. Cause number one, my my, I I didn't get a lot of money to go here, so I'm like, bro, if I'm paying this amount of money on a yearly basis, I gotta go crazy. I didn't have really good grades. I think my cum was like a two eight, two nine, borderline three. I don't really remember. Trash in comparison to my other candidates. I didn't get into the J school initially, like a lot of people do. Um, ACT was poop. So, like, I just had a lot to prove. Like, I just had a lot to prove. So, like... So, you kind of had, like, a chip on your shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder the entire time. So... Do you still have that Oh, that yes. Mindset? That will never die. It's just, like, like restart? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I will always have that chip just because, like, I... F like, in my... Like, literally, I used to tell my, my parents this. I'm like, bro, they really trying to, like, shit on me. Like, <laughs> that's... And they weren't, like... Probably, but that's just how I felt. Like when I was entering college, I'm like, bro, y'all not gonna give me no money. Like y'all not gonna give me nothing. Like, and even after my freshman year, like, and I wrote for, I was, I mean, obviously I wasn't as seasoned as a writer as I am probably now. But when I was a freshman year, and I used my freshman year, I used to submit stories to like the Post or like uh, Speakeasy magazine when it was still active. I don't know if it's still active now. Uh, shoot thread like they would just like shoot it down be like you know I couldn't even get an email back you know right. what I'm saying so 
I got a chip on my shoulder from now. So once I started writing for these publications, bro, I was just like, bro, nothing can stop me now. Like, I have to go 100%. Like, I have to go crazy. Kind of like put wood on the fire for you. Type, type, type deal, yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that I appreciate in the three of us is, you know, say I were to tell people, like, I want to write screenplays or I want to do podcasts. Yeah. And even, like, I remember sitting in uh, 1010 and everyone coming in, people that were in our field. Yeah. We're coming and be like, you're not going to make money. Like, this is completely changing. And everyone you talk to is like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to make money. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you could, like, Abby, I know could be whatever she wants and she wants to do this. Like, there's, there are some people in life to me that, like, they have this unlimited potential and they choose to go down something safe. And then the fact that you're passionate about something that might not have, you know, monetary reward right Mm -hmm. away or might not have recognition, but the fact that you're, it's like I always say to her, it's like I'd rather I'd rather lose screenwriting slash podcasting right now than win it like advertising. I truly would. And it's tough to get people, I guess, that support you to mm-hmm. understand that if they don't yeah. have a drive for something. Mm-hmm. And that, it's just I don't I don't want to be the 50 year old man that's talking to my son and be like, I could have wrote a screenplay. It's like, well, why, deal. Why, yeah. didn't you? why regret? Oh, people told me I couldn't. Nah, that's. How are you going to teach your son how to be a great person and to give something to this world if you don't at least allow yourself mm-hmm. to have this yeah. perspective? And I think that to me, that's been one of the biggest barriers in terms of when I talk about like the low times and the down times is how do I stay motivated for something that seems so ridiculous? It's yeah. like there is many screenplays out there as actors. So how am I going to break through that noise? There's podcasts. How many people actually know who Scott Satan is or care who Scott Satan is? So I don't know. I, I I appreciate in all three of us the fact that there's easier ways to live life, but we're choosing <laughs> to live life literally, mm-hmm. like literally by our own merit. Though I mean, yeah. not by I mean, it's always under God's the umbrella of whatever God wants to do and it's God's plan. But essentially, like that's why I love our field so much because we can really, bro, we can create whenever we want, mm-hmm. however yeah. we want. Obviously, within the guidelines of like uh-huh. you know. Opera, like the publication operation organization blah 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 but we can literally do whatever we want yeah. whenever we want like right. that's why that's why I love it that's why a 9 to 5 to me regardless of the security I can't the, I literally cannot, cannot do it, do it mm-hmm. bro it doesn't make sense to me you're you're literally dying yes like you're not you're a there machine. has to be some passion yeah. there's, there's a girl I know that she sings and she's like I don't I don't she wants to be a nurse yeah. she wants to be a singer but she's trying to be a nurse and she, uh, yeah, she yeah, produced one sense. of these. She showed me one of her songs, and she has a unique voice, and that's one of the barriers. She's like, people don't. No, you need a unique voice. You yeah, need you to, need to to you separate need to, yourself. Yes, yeah. And the fact that like we'll talk mm-hmm. about it, or even Malcolm was talking like, oh yeah, I'm like, what's your major? Like midway through the podcast, was it like, communications? He said marketing. Marketing. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I really want. He's like, I really want yeah. to do it because I like sports. I'm like, bro, you just talked to me for an hour and a half about, about me getting a word in about DJing, and you want to go into marketing? Like, <laughs> and it's the you same with this girl. Like, yeah. Yeah. Try. If you lose, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? I mean that that's how that's how I've always approached it. There's a great philosopher named Alan Watts mm-hmm. and he says better to have a short life filled with doing what you want to do than a long life filled with not following your passion essentially. I agree, because then what quality of life is that if you just don't care about anything, I don't get it. Yeah. And then you know what What's happens is you teach your kids to live this life. Mm-hmm. And then you're just what like what's the point yeah there's little like moments that you have i think all our lives are broken down to like maybe a few moments that just 
have this arch on what you want to do. And people, yeah. like, my mom would have no idea that, like, laying next to me in bed when I was real young and reading me stories mm -hmm. and being animated and, like, just how she read it, not just reading the words, but actually, like, immersing me in the story. Mm -hmm. Like I, part of the reason I love people is because they're storytellers, and I got that from my mom. Like she became, wow, she was a story, she was gym, a storyteller right? to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and my entire life was just built on being in love with storytelling, constantly watching films, or going to my uncle's theater performances and just being infatuated. Yeah, um, and one of the things I'm happiest about is being able to be well-rounded in terms of liking sports and stuff like that. But like that's that's my passion, and it literally sparked. From the tiniest of moments, you know what I mean, and I don't know, it's crazy stuff. It's crazy, and we mentioned quality of life. I just feel like that's such an underrated thing. I was in LA, um, and I would meet um, because I, I worked for this uh, publication, and I was I had the opportunity just to uh, interview like Hollywood movie producers and everything, and they are some of the hardest working men ever seen in my life. Like literally, grind. it's non, it's a nonstop grind. So I would I would ask them one day. I asked them because I was I think I was in Paramount Studios. And I was like, I was talking to one of the executives and I was like, bruh, like, what is, so with you working this hard and you having um, a heart attack at such an early age, I think he was in his late 30s, early 40s when it, when it first happened, just uh, from the stress levels or, and whatnot. So he told me, he was like, bro, honestly, like quality of life, that's something you're literally working toward. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> like to have the luxury to do what you want, you gotta go 100% in your 20s and in your 30s to even afford could like to have the opportunity that's a sacrifice you make to do what you want to do though it's in the movie industry and ours is in like you know like the news industry it's kind of the same mindset though even if you're not working necessarily towards a specific whatever it's the immediacy of being able to write and being able to do something right now that matters to you and that you care about. So even, I don't know what I'm working toward, who knows, yeah. but just like, I know that writing makes me happy and I know that storytelling makes me happy and helping people and doing whatever. It's just the immediacy of quality of life versus someone that just goes to a job because I have to go to my job because I'm good at this yes. and I'll just sit here for eight hours and then go home and see my family, which like that makes you happy, your family makes you happy, but. Eight hours is a huge chunk of your day a and a chunk huge of chunk day. of your life. You're also trying to make an impact. Most people want to be remembered for something. For something outside of serving yogurt. You know what I'm saying? They want yeah. to be, uh, do something that's bigger than yourself. I, I've been I've been like saying that the last two weeks probably because um, like we mentioned it, like me receiving like these little awards or whatever. Like it's not it's not the award itself, bro. It's it's, it's really, the journey that led it's to the, the journey award. that led to it, and also what that award means to others, like people that are younger than us. I know Abby; she won an award at the Scripps, uh, the fifty second annual Scripps banquet or whatever. That award is outside of herself. Oh yeah, Scott, you won the RA award or you were nominated, but. <laughs> so no, nah, the award no, I get is what you're saying. Yeah, no, nah, it's outside of us, bro. It, it's so like me having it on a shelf. Okay, that's cool. I can always look back and be like, oh, that was nice. But for somebody that's a sophomore freshman, they looking at like, yo, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for um, yeah. my mentors, uh, their name were Jasmine Lambert and Bria Burks, Allison Hunter, who's the editor in chief at WOEB, bro. If it wasn't for them ladies right there, bro. Like I literally wouldn't strive to have done half the things I, I've done. So. Especially, especially the storytellers, like the uh, I feel like the the good writers, the good journalists. It's not the I know for screenwriters, they're terrified to finish the third part. 
the third act because they're like, I've worked so hard. This has been a part of me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that they fall in love with the journey. Oh, that's why? No, I yeah, the, just, the, literally yeah. the the process is what I think most writers fall in love with. Mm. Not not necessarily the finished result. They already kind of had an idea of that. And by the time you start, even when you write an article, you're like, I see where this is going. I, I got my you rhythm. direction already, yeah. yeah. I think they're about to force this out, but I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Listen, they said it's problematic four times. This is, it isn't a mistake. Yeah, I think that just leave we, the name. You clearly like the we name. We should keep it tally. <laughs> I Appreciate said that. it. You said it. Right. You said it many times. That'll be that'll be your impact on this podcast, which will <laughs> blow up. Has blown. Up. It's lit, bro. Appreciate You're going to do numbers. Appreciate yeah, that. So I'm trying to do Takashi six nine type numbers. <laughs> two million views, two hours. Hell yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be. Lit. I appreciate you, my guy. It's a wrap. Yes, it's a wrap.